0: Well, it's certainly been a beautiful weekend, and we really allow ourselves to uh, realize when summer's coming, when it gets hot like this, that uh, it's time to wake up. There's no winter slothfulness, and uh, it's certainly been like that for me. We've got ordinations happening this weekend all over the country, but we had three priests ordained yesterday. We had a massive Thanksgiving today, later in the afternoon, so I'll be heading to Belvedere this afternoon for a first mass. And it's going to be pretty exciting. And even though we're in ordinary time, we're still wearing this white, this color of celebration. And it's because we've got these three feasts that all are in connection together. It started on that last day of Easter of Pentecost, in which we celebrate the baptism of the Holy Spirit. That when we're baptized, the Holy Spirit dwells in us. The same way we believe that right now, Christ is in this tabernacle, in the Eucharist. The celebration that we celebrate today of Corpus Christi. The Holy Spirit, in the state of grace, dwells in our heart. Last week, the life of the Trinity, this understanding of uh, pondering this beautiful mystery of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, all three of them, uh, three persons, one God, and that relation to them, and all of these things that are so beautiful. But today, Corpus Christi, it kind of brings it all together. And for us, we need to go back to the beginning to understand how these things all tied together. We go back to Adam and Eve. Right? that when God created them, they had a special relationship with the Father. There were certain things they didn't have to worry about. They didn't have to worry about illness or getting cold. Uh, they had friendships with the animals, from the lions to the eagles. I'm pretty sure there was no poison ivy. I'm not quite sure what the theologians say, but Garden of Eden, no poison ivy. And then there was the fall. Right? And some of the theologians talk about Could Adam and Eve, even if they didn't sin, right? Sometimes you go, oh, come on, Adam. You really messed it up for the most, all of us. But could he have passed on this special relationship with God? He had no right to it. It was given to him. It was all gift as everything that we have in our life. And could he have even passed it on? All he could do was lose this this relationship that he had with our Lord. And from the first step, God is saying, like, I got you. I've got a plan, we're gonna do this. he begins to make promises throughout the whole Old Testament, these covenants that we we hear being talked about in the book of Exodus with Moses in the first reading. And ultimately it leads to Christ and the incarnation that God, fully God, takes on humanity, takes on our own flesh and blood. And then finally, that chasm that we had between ourselves and God of our own sin, You know, a finite being could never reach an infinite God. You know, throughout the whole Old Testament, they would have that Yom Kippur or that Day of Atonement. They'd have the sacrifice in the the temples, the shedding of blood. They could never really ultimately fix that hole in our relationship with God. But through the Incarnation and the gift of our Lord, we finally could. But as you hear this, you might start to hear, like, this covenant. What is this whole covenant thing? It's a word we've heard before, but what is it talking about? And I've been there before. And right now over in Rome, the seminarians are going through uh, testing season. It's like four weeks long that you go through your exams. It's very high pressure because you've been studying all semester. There's no tests, there's no papers, there's no homework. You got 20 minutes, mano a mano with the professor and uh, you know all of our classes at the school I went to were in Italian, but it's up to the teacher's discretion whether he wanted to allow you to take this oral exam either in English or in Italian. And I was taking Christology, um, it was just about this time of year, study of Christ, and the professor was this world-renowned theologian, uh, and he's just an incredibly smart man, way smarter than me. The bar is pretty low, and your entire grade is upon this one oral exam. You can't talk about everything in the class. There's not enough time. So whatever he asked you, if you know the answers, you get a great grade. But if he asked you what you don't know, you end up on pastoral year at St. Patrick's in St. Charles a few years later. That's what happens there. But this particular exam, he asked me uh, about the words of consecration. And I was like, okay, I know the mass. I go to mass every day. This will be great. He said, what are the words of consecration? I was like, okay, all right, think about this. You know, uh, Take this, all of you, and eat it. You know, this, is, this is my body. He's like, not that one, the next one. For the chalice, the precious blood. Okay, I'm pretty sure it's quite similar. Take this, all of you, and drink of it. For this is my blood. He's like, okay, yeah, right after that. Uh, do this in remembrance of me. He's like, no, in between there. Is there something in between there? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're a seminary and you go to Mass like every day, right? Yeah, pretty much my whole life I've gone to Mass every day. Yeah, so the words of the consecration. Uh huh. Yeah, I thought I just gave them to you. That was pretty much in my mind. The covenant. Oh, the covenant. Yeah, okay. All right, all right. Thank you. The covenant. This is the new and eternal covenant. This is my blood poured out for you for the forgiveness of sins. And brothers and sisters, we hear these words every single time we go to Mass. What do they mean? What is he talking about? And it's all tied in together. It's all tied in because, as I said, in in, in the Old Testament, there was this atonement. There was blood. It was a sacrifice. There was a priest in robes. And there was a, a slaughter of a life. They they spoke of the Jerusalem temple. You could smell it before you could see it from all of the blood and the burning of the animals. And of course, as I said earlier, these animals, there was never a sacrifice that could heal that gap, that could restore that relationship until Christ said, "I, I will be the sacrifice. So in that second reading in Hebrews, it talks about How much more can our relationship be healed by the unblemished lamb, the blood of God, that we think about Christ on the cross. There was actual blood and water that poured forth from his side, because Moses, he would sprinkle the blood on the people. And for us, we realize that every time we go to Mass, it's that same sacrifice that we are no longer in St. Charles in 2021, but we go back to that one sacrifice on that hill outside of Jerusalem, on Calvary, where our Lord gives himself in expiation for our sins. He totally redeems us. Only one sacrifice. But we continue through God's amazing mystery of being able to go outside of time to celebrate it, There is a sacrifice here. The blood of our Lord has been spilled. And yes, it's even more intimate than Moses sprinkling the blood like they did in the Old Testament. But he says, I want to be in communion with you. We just celebrated St. Justin Martyr a couple days ago. And in 153... Just 120 years after Christ died, he's writing to the Romans. He's trying to explain what we're doing at Mass. And he says that when we receive the Eucharist, we are metabolized by Christ. You know, you think when you eat an apple, there's the fiber and the sugars, it gives you the energy. The apple, the food we eat, it becomes us. But when we receive the Eucharist, we become Christ. That he takes us on. He takes us into himself, and this is the life of the Trinity, the goodness of our Lord. He says, I am so good that all of my creation, I want to be in communion with me. That when we receive the Eucharist, we become God. That should sound scandalous. That should sound like something's off. That when we receive the Eucharist, we become God. And maybe that's a part of our woundedness, where we've accepted the lie that we're not truly worthy to be in a relationship with Christ, that we have the Holy Spirit dwelling within us when we're in the state of grace. Maybe that's just our lack of understanding of, of the mystery and love of what our Lord wants you to experience. Because it's all about this. If we don't get this right, nothing else matters. You could have the whole world. If you don't have this, you have nothing. It's ashes. It's ashes. And our Lord is saying, this gift is free. But brothers and sisters, how often do we come to Mass and we walk up and we hear the priest say the words and maybe we mumble, amen. Are we even thinking about what we're saying? It's the body of Christ. It's the creator of the world. It's Jesus. It's so easy to take it for granted. It's so easy to forget about this gift that has been given to us. It's almost too easy. You know, it's kind of funny that like one of the most too popular days of the year, right, is Ash Wednesday and Palm Sunday when you get free things at church. We get Jesus every week. If I said Michael Jordan was going to be at Crane Road, the the masses, this whole place would be swamped. We've got Jesus. Right here. Heaven is going to meet earth right here in a few short moments. And this is not a passive action, but the same way that the priest would go in and slaughter the animal. We are all in this together. You're taking your life, your worries, your anxieties, and you're putting in this on, on this altar. And we are all praying together. You are in communion with the priesthood of your baptism in the same way that the priests of the Old Testament had those robes, we're not just having, like, a good time. We're about to experience a sacrifice. And that's what's different about here than anywhere else. If you want a concert, that's fine. We're dealing with life and death. We're dealing with God saying, I want to be in communion with you. I want to be in relationship with you. This is what you were created for. And without this, it doesn't matter. How many times do we come to Mass? And I'm talking to myself. How many times do we come to Mass and we receive God's body and blood, soul and divinity just like it's a thing? Let's ask the Holy Spirit to come alive in our heart, to reveal to us in a more intimate, beautiful way the gift and mystery of the Eucharist, that today we can receive our Lord as if it's our first, our last, and our only time.